Welcome to the uh, Computer Security Seminar from uh, uh, Purdue University. Uh, uh, I'm uh, uh, Professor Wagstaff, and uh, I'm running the, uh, the seminar, and uh, I am going to speak again uh, this week. Um, uh, I would like to find uh, uh, some other speakers, so uh, if any of you out in the audience there would uh, like to give a talk, uh, by all means contact me and uh, we'll, uh, we will set up a time for uh, you, you to talk. Today's talk is about uh, cryptanalysis of uh, Diffie-Hellman and um, Pollock-Hellman. These are two rather, rather different kinds of um, uh, uh, cryptographic tools and uh, I'm going to tell how each one works and then tell a little bit about uh, how uh, one would break them. It, it turns out that you have to solve exactly the same problem to uh, break both of them. Okay, so we'll begin with um, uh, Euler's theorem. Uh, both, of these, uh, both of these cryptographic tools uh, use Euler's theorem, and in fact they use it in a uh, very, very simple case. Basically, we, we just need the uh, special case of Euler's theorem when m is a prime number, and in that case it's, it, is, uh, it, is, it is called Fermat's theorem. Okay, so we'll let m be a, a prime number and a be some number relatively prime to m. That's the same thing as saying that uh, m does not divide a if, if m is prime. Okay, then this, uh, the Euler phi function is the, um, uh, is the number of uh, numbers between 1 and uh, m which are relatively prime to, uh, to m. Uh, in, in, in case m is prime, phi of m is just uh, p minus 1. Okay. So in the, in the case that we are interested in, uh, Euler's theorem says that a to the power p minus 1 is congruent to 1 modulo m. What this means is that if you raise a to the power p minus 1 and uh, you uh, subtract 1, uh, uh, you get a uh, whole number multiple of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of um, uh, m. Uh, there are uh, special techniques that one can use to raise numbers to very large powers. For example, if, if, you, if the, if, uh, the uh, exponent p minus 1 is a 100-digit number, uh, and m is a 100-digit number, and, and a is a 100-digit number, you can raise a to the power p minus 1 modulo m uh, in a, in a uh, very short time, uh, a few, uh, maybe, a, maybe a few milliseconds. Okay. Uh, we're not going to worry about the proof of this at, at this time. Okay, so we're going to talk about one cipher, which is an example of an exponentiation cipher. Exponentiation just means that you raise something to a, a large power to encipher, and you also raise something to a large power to uh, decipher. So first of all, where do these numbers come from? 
we are we are uh, we're going to choose a um, positive integer n, probably a large positive integer n. Think of n as having 100 or 200 decimal digits, and we're, we're first of all going to encode or represent our um, um, uh, plain text in uh, um, blocks uh, of size that can be represented as numbers modulo n. This means they have to be in the range uh, 0 through n minus 1. So for example, uh, you could take the uh, ASCII code representations of uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the alphabet and, and just uh, concatenate the, uh, the uh, ASCII codes uh, until you get a, uh, a block size which uh, is as large as possible but, uh, uh, but less than, than, than n. Okay, now, uh, so all we have to do is uh, encipher uh, and decipher numbers. Uh, when, they are, when they are deciphered, that is when you, when you have a plain text, you can go back to the, uh, the letters uh, by breaking it up uh, into um, um, smaller numbers, uh, each of which represents an uh, ASCII code. For example, they might be uh, eight bits long, uh, or maybe seven bits long. But when we when we put a lot of them together, we have a large number m, um, and we have to encipher m. We, we, we're going to encipher all of these letters uh, which, uh, which are uh, represented in M all at once. And we, uh, we, uh, we do this by, by raising uh, M to a power, let's say the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the uh, e power modulo N. You can do this fairly easily. Uh, you decipher it, uh, the, uh, the ciphertext, um, by raising the ciphertext to a um, power d. If these, if these two <laughs> exponents, e and d, are uh, uh, chosen properly, when you encipher c and then decipher it, you will get back, sorry, when you encipher m and decipher it, you will get back to, uh, to, uh, to m, for, 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 for any m uh, in this range. and, and and uh, E and D have to have the, uh, the property that E times D is congruent to 1 modulo phi of N. So if, if, uh, if N is a prime number, this is just N minus 1. Okay, so, uh, and uh, the reason this works is uh, because of uh, Euler's theorem. Euler's theorem is what m m makes the algorithm work. If you write Okay, now, ED congruent to 1 modulo phi of, of, of N means that ED is one more, uh, sorry, ED minus 1 is a multiple of phi of N. Let's say it is T times it. Uh, and then when you raise, um, when you raise M to the E power and you raise that to the D power, you get M to the power E times D modulo n, and you can write ed uh, in this way, and the uh, m to the power phi of n is congruent to 1 by 
Euler's theorem, and so therefore that, that part of it goes away, and you just have uh, m, m to the power 1, which is what you want. Okay, you can build a lot of different uh, ciphers based on this. One of them is the, uh, the uh, RSA public key system. In, in that cipher, uh, the, uh, the modulus n is uh, the product of uh, two large prime numbers, p times q. However, we aren't going to talk about that today. Instead, we're going to talk about uh, a, the, uh, the polig hellman cipher. Polik-Hellman is, uh, uh, is not a um, public key cipher. You don't make any, anything public normally. Uh, you let n equal p be a prime number. Then phi of p is just p minus 1. And the, uh, uh, the uh, requirement on e and d is that e times d should be congruent to 1 modulo p minus 1. This means that that uh, D is a, uh, a multiplicative inverse of E modulo P minus 1. Okay, there, are, uh, there are two, two basic ways that you can use the, uh, the Polig-Hellman cipher. Uh, in one method, you keep all of the numbers P, E, and D in secret. All three of these numbers together form the, the, uh, the key. Uh, if you want to, uh, uh, if you want to encipher uh, your own personal files, you can do this. Uh, you can use this method. You should keep the P, E, and D all all of them secret. Or if if two people want want to communicate secretly, uh, uh, they have to agree on P, E, and, and D. Say one of them knows it and he writes it down on a piece of paper and tells the other one and uh, the other one uh, reads the piece of paper and then destroys it and uh, memorizes them. Then, uh, then they can com uh, communicate. They, they, the first person uh, enciphers a message M by raising it to the E power modulo N, sends the ciphertext to the other person, and the other person deciphers it by raising it by raising C to the to the power power D modulo N, uh, uh, and this uh, uh, recovers uh, uh, M. Okay, so. Um, the other method of using the Polig-Hellman cipher is this. Um, you, P can be public, or at least you don't worry if, if people know what P is. And E and D should be, should be kept secret. Uh, the, uh, the key is simply the, uh, the, the pair of two large numbers, E, D. Each user has, uh, has their own uh, secret key. Each pair of users uh, who want to communicate have to choose a, 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 a key pair, ED. Um, method two is actually uh, more popular than method one because it often takes a, a, a fairly long time to find a, a, a good large prime. You want to have a large prime number, say, 200 decimal digits or so, and it, it may take you a few, few minutes to uh, generate one. So you just find one in a um, public website, 
uh, and then you uh, you choose your own secret e and uh, you calculate d from it. Uh, there is an algorithm called the extended um, Euclidean algorithm, which lets you calculate uh, uh, d from e and uh, p. So, um, also method two has. Uh, uh, some interesting mathematical properties that uh, we will see in just a, just a moment. Uh, you can build a, um, a public key system uh, called the Massey-Omura system uh, f from uh, method two. It's just a variation of method two, but I'm not going to talk about that today. Uh, you can also uh, play uh, mental poker using uh, using another variation of method two, and uh, and uh, I will talk about that today. So let's uh, let's look at the uh, at the uh, at the crypt analysis of the uh, at the Polig-Hellman method. Um, suppose um, there is a uh, known plain text attack. What that means is that the uh, the enemy knows the plain text and uh, knows the uh, uh, the corresponding cipher text and wants to figure out what the uh, the key is so that uh, they can uh, decipher more messages uh, ones uh, for which they, they they only know C and not M. So let's say that uh, so this is actually giving the uh, the cryptanalyst quite a bit. So the let's say the uh, the cryptanalyst knows the knows the prime modulus p, and knows the uh, plain text m, and also knows the uh, the cipher text c. Then all the uh, the cryptanalyst has to do is find the uh, exponent e, so that uh, c is congruent to m to the power e modulo p, or uh, equivalently find the exponent d so that m is congruent to c to the power d modulo p. Either one of those would, would do. If you can find either e or d, you can find the other one very, very easily. Now it turns out that, uh, that uh, this is a, uh, a uh, well-known problem uh, in number theory. Uh, it's called the uh, discrete logarithm problem. Um, you are given positive integers a, b, and, and m, and you have to find a, 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 a number x so that a to the power x is congruent to b modulo m. Okay, in, in general, when uh, a, b, and m are 200-digit numbers, this is well known to be a hard problem. Uh, there's a few easy cases. For example, when uh, the modulus is a prime, as it is in the, uh, uh, the Polig-Hellman method that we, we uh, just talked about, and p minus 1 has only small prime factors. That means that every prime factor of p minus 1 is uh, a um, relatively small number, like less than you know, 10 to the 10th or so, something like that. There, there are a, a, a few 200-digit prime numbers p, so that p minus, so that all of the prime factors of p minus one are less than about uh, 10 digits, but only only a few of them. 
if you somehow choose a random prime, p, um, then it's unlikely that p minus 1 would have this nice property. And in any case, um, you could uh, d uh, determine whether p minus 1 had only small prime factors very easily. Okay, but in the, uh, in, in the, uh, the general case, this problem is uh, of the uh, discrete logarithm problem is about as hard to solve as it is to, uh, and to factor a hard number about as large as, uh, as the, uh, the modulus m. Okay, so that is the uh, discrete logarithm problem, and I'll, I'll say more about that in a few slides. Okay, let me tell you a, um, a variation of the Polik-Hellman method where you can use it to play mental poker. Now, it, it's not quite mental poker because you have to do calculations with large numbers. In, uh, in particular, the, uh, the players have to raise um, 200 digit numbers to large powers, which are like 200 digits. But anyhow, uh, uh, if you have a, a, a computer, this is this is really quite easy. Uh, it, it just takes a uh, it just takes a few uh, milliseconds of uh, computer time to do these uh, calculations. Although a, a human being uh, would not likely do the calculations mentally, but still, it's called mental poker. You can think of um, doing poker by uh, email. So you've got several players uh, all connected by, uh, by, uh, by, uh, by, uh, by uh, email, and they want to play poker. So one player could, uh, could be the dealer, and he could deal, uh, deal all of the hands, uh, and then send the hands to the other, other players, and then uh, they, would all, they would all bat. And, uh, well, as you can you can probably guess, the, the player who uh, who does the the dealing has has a great advantage. Okay. Well, uh, with the mental mental poker um, protocol, um, uh, it uh, becomes a uh, fair game. Well, not quite, but almost. Okay. So in the in the in the game of poker. Um, uh, you play with a deck of uh, 52 cards. Each player is dealt five of the 52 cards. Each player can see his hand, but, uh, but not the other player's hands. Players uh, make bets, prob probably uh, for money, uh, based on their hands. Uh, there, is a, uh, uh, there is a ranking of all of the possible uh, five-card hands and uh, the best hand um, wins. In some of the variations, some of the cards are uh, revealed uh, and some are not. And in, in some other variations, some cards uh, can be replaced by cards uh, not yet dealt. Uh, okay, so the, uh, <coughs> the uh, uh, mental poker protocol for, for for um, poker requires a uh, fair deal. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, the players can see their own hands, but they cannot see other hands. 
the and that that the the dealer is one of the players. Uh, the hands have to be disjoint. You, you can't have everybody just choose five out of the 52 cards because, you know, some of them uh, might choose common cards. And you want all of the 52 choose five possible hands to be equally likely. You also want to have the possibility of a, a player uh, replacing cards and you also want to have the possibility of uh, players uh, revealing individual cards one at a time uh, without um, revealing the other cards. And at the end of the game, all of the players should be able to check all of the calculations which they, they have seen uh, through mail messages to each other uh, and um, verify that nobody cheated. Okay, so um, I'm going to tell you how to how to do this, how to do all, all of this uh, using a variation of uh, the Pollock-Hellman uh, uh, cipher that I just talked about. Uh, we're going to assume that there are just two players, uh, Alice and, and Bob. That there are also similar protocols for three or more players. They, uh, it just makes it slightly more uh, uh, more complicated. So the the uh, the players uh, all together they they choose a large prime. It doesn't have to have to be secret or anything. Everybody knows it. Maybe other people know it too. Each player secretly chooses in a, a pair of uh, keys that could be used for. Uh, uh, method two of the Pollock-Hellman system, uh, j j just for that one player. Okay, so so so, so for example, uh, Alice would choose E A and D A. Bob would choose E B and D B. Okay, and then uh, we uh, define enciphering and deciphering algorithms: E sub A, E sub B, D sub A, D sub B which mean you, you raise the argument to the corresponding power. So for example, E sub A of M is M raised to the E sub A power modulo P, just like in the Pollock-Hellman system. Uh, likewise, you have D sub A of C is C raised to the uh, D sub A power modulo P. E sub B of M is M raised to the power E sub B modulo P. Okay, now these functions uh, commute with each other. That means that uh, if, if you have one value, say m, modulo p, and you first encipher it using e sub b, and then you encipher it using e sub a, you get the same result as if you enciphered it with e sub a first, and then with e sub, e sub b second. Okay, so these, uh, they, uh, they have these nice um, properties. You can, if, if you have if you have two of these uh, four, four functions I, 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 I applied to uh, one one quantity, uh, you can. Uh, it, it doesn't matter what order you do these in. You get the same answer. So now let, let's let let m1 up to m52 be um, 52 numbers uh, which represent the um, the deck.
if you if you if you have a uh, joker, well, you'll have one or two more cards. That's all right too. Okay, so uh, at the uh, beginning of the uh, the protocol, Bob, uh, let's see, Bob is going to uh, shuffle the deck, and then Alice uh, is going to deal. So Bob uh, enciphers the cards as uh, CI equals EB of MI. Recall that Bob can do EB, Bob can also do DB, but Bob can't do EA or uh, DA. Only Alice can do those, those two functions. So Bob enciphers the, uh, the, the 52 cards producing 52 uh, numbers modulo P, C1, C2, up to C52. Bob then uh, sorts them uh, in numerical uh, uh, order. This is a nice way of uh, uh, shuffling the deck. Just sort the ciphertext and sends the, uh, the shuffled deck to uh, Alice. Uh, Alice, if she likes, can uh, sort the cards, uh, can um, shuffle the ciphertext more. Alice, of course, doesn't know what, what card uh, any of these CIs represent. Alice only sees 52 large numbers. Okay. So Alice chooses five of the CI, five of the cards uh, at uh, random out of the 52. She can do it any way she wants as long as, as any, any, any set of five cards out of the 52 would be just as likely to be chosen as any other set of five cards. She then sends the, uh, the, the ciphertext uh, uh, to, uh, uh, to uh, Bob, who uh, decrypts them. Those are his hands. Um, okay, now Alice chooses five more random cards. Let's say C1, C2, up to C5. This is, this is going to be her hand, but, the, but her hand is enciphered with Bob's Polig-Hellman cipher. Okay, Alice enciphers these uh, ciphertext cards once more. She enciphers uh, uh, each of the five ciphertext cards by uh, using her cipher EA of, of CI. So, so Alice, um, Alice, and, uh, Alice calculates CI prime for I equals 1 through 5. This is her hand, and it has been enciphered uh, twice. Once with Bob's cipher, once with uh, Alice's cipher. Okay, Bob uh, deciphers uh, the, uh, the CI primes. Okay, these, uh, these are still enciphered with EA even after Bob applies uh, DB to them to undo EB. This is where we use the fact that, uh, that uh, it doesn't matter what uh, order you do these in. Um, when Bob uh, applies e EA, of course, uh, uh, e uh, they have already been in enciphered as EB of, uh, of uh, EA. So, oh, sorry, let's try this again. They were first enciphered with EB, that's on the inside. Then they were enciphered with EA. 
Now Bob applies DB, but DB and EA uh, commute with each other. Uh, you can reverse the order. So you get EA of DB of EB of MI. And the uh, D DB undoes the EB. Okay, and so then, um, so now they are still enciphered, but only with Alice's cipher EA. So then Alice uh, sends, uh, I'm sorry, Bob sends these five numbers uh, uh, back to Alice. Alice. Alice then deciphers them. They are just uh, uh, EA of some card, so Alice, uh, Alice applies DA to them to decipher them and get back to a card. Okay, so Alice uses them as her hand. Uh, the two players um, uh, bet, and, and they play poker. At the end of the hand, Alice and Bob uh, exchange their, uh, their keys, the EA, EB, DA, DB. And uh, since they, they, they know all of the numbers that went back and forth, they can verify things. They can make sure that nobody cheated. It, it turns out there is a way you can you can you can cheat, but never mind. Anyhow, this is a uh, this is a really neat um, um, protocol. It's a it's a it's a way of uh, uh, playing poker by uh, by uh, by mail. Okay. Now here is yet another. Um, well, this is this is another problem. Uh, which also uh, depends on the uh, discrete logarithm problem being hard. In this protocol, two users want to choose a common secret key uh, for a uh, one key, uh, the symmetric cipher, uh, like DES or uh, Rindale. And uh, they want to do this while they are communicating over an insecure uh, channel. There are people uh, listening to them, eavesdroppers. The eavesdroppers have the same kind of, kind of computer that uh, uh, Alice and Bob have. So now, Alice and Bob want to communicate uh, using DES. Okay, but they have to choose a uh, common key. The, uh, uh, Alice can't just say, hey, why don't we use this key and send, send the key over the network, and uh, then Bob will say, okay, let's, uh, uh, let's use it, because the uh, <laughs> eavesdropper uh, will hear what the key is, and uh, uh, we'll be able to uh, decipher their uh, communications. So here's how they can choose a, a common key in such a way that eavesdroppers, who have the same uh, computing power, can't uh, find out what it is. Okay, so Alice and Bob uh, agree on a, uh, a common large prime P and also a uh, constant value A. Uh, a and P uh, are um, publicly known. Every, everybody can use them. It doesn't matter. Uh, if you choose, a, 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 say, a 200-digit prime and you choose a random number A, that will probably uh, be good enough. There is, a, there is a tiny problem that would happen if, uh, if the order of A in the multiplicative group 
modulo p is is very small, but that's uh, that's very unlikely to uh, to, to happen. Okay. Also, Alice chooses a uh, uh, a secret random number a uh, between one and let's say p minus two, and calculates. And, and raises a to that power, a to the power x sub a modulo p. Call that number y sub a. Bob does the uh, does the same sort of thing. Bob chooses a random number x sub b in the same range, and raises a to that power. Call that number y sub b. Okay. Alice sends y a to Bob. Bob sends y b to uh, Alice. The uh, eavesdropper who knows both P and A and sees YA and YB can't calculate XA or XB from this unless he can solve the discrete logarithm problem. That is, the, uh, the, the, the eavesdropper, let's say, would know Y sub B, A, and P and would have to calculate X uh, sub B. Well, uh, unless the eavesdropper can solve the discrete logarithm problem quickly, this is hard. Okay, so having done that, uh, Alice uh, computes um, uh, Ka, which is uh, Yb. This is the number that she received from Bob, and she raises it to the power uh, Xa. Likewise, Bob computes a, a number K sub b which is YA. YA is the number that Bob received from uh, Alice. Um, and this is, um, um, uh, this is called K, and, and raises that to the power XB. Okay, now let's just look back at where these numbers came from. Oh, I guess this fits. Uh, yeah, like for example, YB was A to the power XB. So now down here, when Alice receives YB from Bob, Alice raises YB to the power XA. So what is this in terms of A? Well, it's A raised to the power XB and then raised to the power XA. So this is the same as A raised to the power XB times XA. And likewise, um, uh, KB is A raised to the power XA and raised to the power XB which is a raised to the power xa times uh, xb. Uh, this means that both ka and kb are uh, uh, congruent to um, uh, a raised to the power xa times xb. If everything is uh, reduced modulo p so that you get two numbers in the range uh, between 0 and, and p, these two, these two numbers, Ka and Kb, have to be the, uh, the, the same number. This is because they, they, they are congruent to each other modulo p. In other words, p divides the difference between them. But on the other hand, they are, they are uh, both in the range uh, between 0 and, and p, and therefore uh, um, the, uh, the, there is not enough room um, between them uh, to, uh, uh, to, to, uh, to have a multiple of, of, of uh, P.
Okay, so now let's say uh, Alice and Bob are using an DES, uh, which requires 56 bits. They could say, well, we're going to use the low water 56 bits of this, uh, of this common key, KA and KB. Both of them know KA and KB. The eavesdropper can't calculate KA or KB unless the eavesdropper also knows either XA or XB, but the eavesdropper can't find those numbers uh, unless uh, he can solve the uh, discrete logarithm problem. Okay. So this is how Alice and Bob can, can, can choose uh, a, a common key over an uh, in insecure channel. Now, although this protocol provides uh, the secure uh, communication between Alice and whoever is at the other end of the uh, communication line, it does not prove uh, 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 that uh, that Bob is at the other end of the line. So Alice has to be willing to, uh, to talk to whoever is at the other end. Maybe it's Bob, or maybe it's someone uh, impersonating Bob. So, so this um, particular protocol doesn't solve the problem of um, proving to, to each person that uh, uh, they are who they, who they claim to be. Okay, well let's talk a little bit about uh, discrete logarithms. We, we have seen three different uh, cryptographic tools, uh, the Diffie-Hellman key exchange, the, uh, the Polig-Hellman uh, private key crypto system, and also mental poker. Uh, there's, a, there's a few other uh, cryptographic tools that al also depend on the and had a discrete logarithm problem. So once more, this, this problem is we are given a, b, and p, and we have to find x so that a to the power x is congruent to b modulo p. <coughs> well, uh, th there is a reason why, th why these are called uh, discrete logarithms. If, if a to the x is congruent to b, then in, in, in some sense, uh, x is the logarithm to base a of p, where the modulus, uh, sorry, log, log to base a of um, b, where the modulus p is, uh, is, uh, is uh, understood. Okay, uh, discrete logarithms have many uh, many nice properties, just like regular logarithms. For example, the logarithm of a uh, product, b times c, is equal to the uh, sum uh, of the uh, two, two logarithms, except that uh, because of uh, Euler's theorem, the uh, arithmetic with the logarithms must be done modulo p minus 1. When you add the two logarithms, if the sum is greater than or equal to p minus 1, uh, you have to subtract off of p minus 1 to keep it in that range. Likewise, uh, the, the log of b over c is the log of b minus the log of c, and, and so on. Okay, so now 
let's consider ways that we might solve this uh, AX congruent to B modulo P. Well, there are, there are two really naive methods that I'm going, going to mention here. This, um, you can solve the, this uh, discrete logarithm problem in time uh, a constant times P uh, and constant space by raising A to the first power, second power, third power, fourth power, and so on, modulo P, and, and, and comparing each remainder with, um, with, with B. When you, and you also keep a, 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 a count of how many times you multiplied together A. So this is A to some power. When you, when you get a match, A to some power is congruent to B. Well, whatever the power was, that's the answer. That's the number X. Okay, so that's like, uh, uh, that's a really dumb way of uh, doing it, but if uh, you have a small enough number P, you can solve it that way. You can also solve the problem in uh, uh, a, a, a essentially constant time. You may have a power of log P or something, but a whole lot of space. If you look up X in a pre-computed uh, table, uh, of uh, pairs x and a to the x modulo p sorted by the, uh, the, the second component. Okay, now, uh, of course, it would take a long time to um, pre-compute this. You would have to perform essentially p uh, operations, and then uh, you would have to sort it. You have to sort uh, p minus 1 numbers, and this would take time p times log p. So it would, it would take quite a while to, to, uh, to do the pre-computation. But uh, if, we, uh, if, we, if we choose to neglect that, then you can solve the uh, discrete logarithm problem in uh, constant time just by, uh, just by looking up the value of, um, um, uh, of um, uh, B uh, in the and the second component. These are all sorted by the, and the second component, so you, uh, you can do a binary search to find B. Okay, now there's another method that uh, it's uh, a compromise between these two. Uh, one method, th th these are two very naive methods. One of them uses um, uh, a constant times P time and constant space. The other one uses constant time, but constant times p space. There is a there is a new method. And a, hey, this is even better. I like this better. I'll, I think I'll uh, I'll keep the white sheet in the back here. There is another uh, algorithm. This is called Shanks and uh, Giant Step Baby Step algorithm. Uh, this is a uh, meet in the middle method. If you if you know what that is, if you don't, well then uh, uh, this is what a meet in the middle method is. Um, the idea is that well, okay, it, it, I'll get to the idea in just a second. Um, we we solve the congruence in um, uh, a constant times um, the square root of p time and a constant times the square root of p memory uh, in the following way. Okay, we're, we're, 
recall that we're trying to find the number x so that a to the power x is congruent to b modulo m. Not, sorry, modulo, modulo p. We'll let m be essentially the, uh, the square root of uh, p. Uh, to, 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 to make it work uh, perfectly, you choose m to be the, uh, the ceiling of uh, the square root of p minus 1, some, some number very close to the square root of uh, p, and maybe just a little bit bigger. Okay, now we're going to do two computations. We're going to uh, compute the m ordered pairs, j, comma, a to the m times j power uh, remaindered modulo p, where j goes from 1 up to m minus 1. So we, we calculate these m ordered pairs, and uh, we sort them by the, uh, the second component. Okay. Then we also uh, compute more ordered pairs. Uh, call it i uh, b times a to the minus i power modulo p, for i goes from uh, from zero to m minus one. Now, of course, this has a, a, a negative power. The, the the way you way you, way you do this is you first of all compute the, the multiplicative inverse of A one time using the uh, Euclidean algorithm. Once you, once you have that done, you take that multiplicative uh, I I inverse and you raise it to the power I. Okay. So e, uh, you can calculate each of these uh, <laughs> iteratively by multiplying the previous one times uh, 1 over A. Uh, modulo p, and then you add one to i, then you write that out. Okay, and then after you after you calculate all that, uh, you sort them. Okay, so how much time have we have we spent so far? Well, we've got m ordered pairs here and m ordered pairs here, and uh, we also have to sort them. So they take uh, basically. Uh, 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 m times log m. Well, we're, uh, we are uh, ignoring powers of uh, log of p, so this is basically uh, the square root of, 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 of uh, p steps. Okay, now uh, you look at uh, these two lists, look, look down through these two lists, and try to find a, uh, a, um, a pair uh, from each list that have the same uh, second component. Call the second component y. Okay? So you, you, you want to find a pair in the first list, a pair jy in the first list, and a pair iy from the, uh, in the second list. And um, let me explain why we should uh, explain to uh, uh, to find such a number well there is this this unknown number X we don't know okay we, 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 we would like to find X okay write X in uh, radix M M is the is this number here square square root of P minus 1 write it and since X is is between 1 and P minus 1, it is, this would be a two-digit number. That is, it is, it is between 1 and 
uh, m squared minus 1. So you can write this, this x as a, as a, as a two-digit number in radix m. Write it as the number um, ji. In that case, x is equal to m times j plus i. Okay, and uh, so if you look at the number uh, who's in the in the first list, which has a, which has has the j in it, it'll have a to the power m j. And if you look at the number in the other list, it'll have it, with the with the i in it, it'll have. Uh, it'll have b times a to the minus i modulo p for the second component. Okay? I claim that these two numbers have to be the, and the same number. And that's because if you, if you calculated a to the power x, you would get b. That means that if you calculated a to the power mj plus i, you would, you would get b. Now, in that congruence, and divide both sides by a to the i, or m multiply by 1 over a to the i, and then on, on one side you get a to the mj, and this is congruent to b times a to the power minus i. So this is the number that you will find. And, um, okay, so I'm just going to flip through the rest of the transparencies quickly. Uh, there, there are some faster ways that you can um, you can solve the congruence a to the x uh, congruent to b modulo p. One of the methods uh, is this, which I'm not really showing you, but at the end of it, you can show that you can do it basically in this time. That is, you, you can solve uh, the discrete logarithm problem modulo p. You can solve a to the x congruent to b modulo p in time e raised to the power square root of log p times log log p. And it turns out that is uh, sub-exponential time. And, um, but, but even so, it still takes a, a, a rather long time. There are some other methods that are slightly better than this, but this is, uh, this is very close to the best method. Okay. Uh, are, are there any questions? <coughs> no? Okay, well then let me, let me stop here then. Thank you.